Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. And I'm Nick. Today we are going to do a Summer Movie Wager update as always. We've got some feedback from Youp about who won the game last week. And then we are going to do a back to school special because all the kids are headed back to school this week in the United States. Uh, then we're going to end with a full review of Richard Linklater's 12 year epic filming movie, Boyhood. Uh, so. As always, you can find us at MidwestFilmNerds.com. That's got all 90 past episodes, plus a bunch of bonus episodes and full show notes, and some really great writing by Tim Long. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at MFN Podcast. We're also on Facebook, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. Uh, write us feedback to feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com, or give us a call at 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. So, Summer Movie Wager Update. Not a big change from last week uh, in terms of domestically. Guardians is number one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is number two. If I Stay is in third place. Same movies as last week. Guardians is still at the top, which is awesome. It made more money this weekend than it did last weekend, which is great, too. Oh, that's cool. They got an extra day in there because of Labor Day, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think Monday numbers are in there, too, but still awesome. Me and Zach went saw it. It was awesome the second time around, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I still want to go see it again. I just haven't made it out to do it. Uh, as for the top 10, Transformers is at the top, $1,072.6 million. Maleficent's at number 2 with $753.2 million. X-Men Days of Future, Ta- Days of Future Past yeah. is at number 3 with $745.6 million. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 hasn't budged at all and is still at $708.3 million. It's out um, on DVD now. So. Oh, well, there you go. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is at number 5 with $611.5 million. It overtook How to Train Your Dragon 2, which is at number 6 with $599.0 million. Guardians of the Galaxy has overcome Godzilla with $555.7 million. Godzilla is at number 8 with $525 million. Edge of Tomorrow is at $364.3 million. And 22 Jump Street is at number 10 with $314.8 million. It's getting close. There's... I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is about a hundred million behind Twenty Two Jump Street. Okay. And I don't know where it's going to get released this month, if it's going to get out anywhere else, and how they're going to receive it. Mm. There's a small chance that it's going to take number ten, but I think that could be the only major change that's going to happen by the end of our competition. Okay. So, hmm. I did look at the uh, at the just did a quick comparison to see how many people had things that were spot on, and there's somebody who's doing really quite well. I think they could end up winning, but I didn't do the actual raw points, and there still could be some kind of shakeups in there, too. It's me, right? It's you, Willie. <laughs> no, it's me. Because <laughs> I never showed you my ballot. No, I don't know. I did. I actually said it on the show. But anyway, got another couple weeks before we wrap that up. Uh, last week in September, we'll score all the ballots and go on from there. I know I'll start thinking surprises. of my blue right now. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. So I'm going to win. <laughs> you had to win a competition to get a Midwest Film Nerds podcast hoodie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Budget's really tight. Right? Yeah. Ain't that right. some shit. So we've got some feedback from listener Youp. <clears throat> uh, as you all know, we played a game last week, uh, Movie Trivia Tackle. And Youp writes in, he says, Hi guys, it's Youp, the official scorekeeper of the Midwest Film Nerds podcast. <laughs> After careful listening and taking counsel from the elders of Movie Trivia Tackle, the final score is in. <laughs> Nick got two points, Tim had three points, Willie and Alex both earned ten points. 
In order to decide which one of you will win Movie Trivia Tackle, an additional trivia question is needed. Somebody can look up the answer before the show, which I didn't, and award the point to the winner. The question is, James Cameron had been a serious consideration as director for this film, but he was set to make Terminator 2. I know the answer to this. You know the answer? I do. You're certain? Yes. What is it? Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yep. Really? Absolutely. Spider-Man, like, back in, like... Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, he says Spider-Man. I'm going to defer to Yoop's judgment. So, Yoop, if he's incorrect, then uh, come back, and I guess we can do this again (laughs) next week. But... Well, do you want to throw a guess out there? No, I have no guesses for this. I I, I concede the throne to you for Movie Trivia Tackle. For now. For now. For now. Next time. We'll see. All right. Yoop also says, I liked your review of The Fisher King. I had not seen this movie before, and I liked it very much. Gilliam's style gives this movie an authentic feel and elevates it from being an average movie to a good one. There's ever a moment when you also want to do another retro review. My suggestion is Almost Famous. That's a good one, because I've never seen it. That's... It's too bad you need to. I know. This is a movie that I liked when I saw it, but most people don't know about it. I feel like it's pretty popular around here. I think it got I think it was really, really, really critically like adored when it came out. Yeah. But I think since it's since it in the years since its release, I don't think people have, say talk about it much. That's true. I yeah. think people still talk about stuff like um I don't know, I can't think of anything. Like like American Beauty even people talk about stuff. That's true. But for some reason almost famous kinda got I don't know, kinda disappeared a little bit. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I think that would be a good a good retro. Cameron Crowe's awesome. So yeah, yeah, I like Cameron Crowe. What I know of Cameron he uses Crow. a lot of Tom Petty, so it makes me happy. Yeah, and finally, Yoop says, as always, keep up the good work and keep making fun of Transformers. I hope it finds its way to <clears throat> Age of Extinction. <laughs> Bye, Yoop. Thank you, Yoop. Yoop is so witty. Thank I think, you, Yoop. I think for... uh, breaking news. I'm still researching. Okay. the answer. I think Willie is incorrect. Actually, interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you are correct, that's true, but I don't think that's the movie Yoop is referring to. Ah. Because timeline doesn't fit. Yeah, if... Okay. <clears throat> What's I think c- I have the real answer, but I don't know if I should say it. Well, I, like, I, like, I seriously have no idea what it could be. If it's the timing of Terminator 2, Terminator 2 came out in like 91-ish. I seriously don't know. I mean, maybe they wanted him to direct Piranha 3, because he did such a good job with Piranha 2. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm... I'm not sure that I. The only other thing I can think of is is maybe they wanted to do Alien Three, um, but I don't remember hearing that, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think you should review. I don't know how to. I don't know how to proceed in this instance. You might as well reveal it. it. Uh, well, according to Google, uh, Cameron almost directed Jurassic Park. Interesting. And mm. he said Spielberg beat him to the job by just a few hours. Interesting. So this probably would have been in like 93-ish. That fits time. Well, the movie came out. 95. Really? Well, it's... Or 90, Jurassic Park was 95, wasn't it? That doesn't line up. No, I think Jurassic Park was 93, and I think that makes it line up. I don't bit. know. You, you knows the answer. Yeah. That he had intended for this. Maybe it is 93. I always think it's later because the special effects are so good. Yeah. That I can't possibly think that it's they... Like there's no way that was It 93. is 93, yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. makes more sense. Because he would have been wrapping up Terminator 2 in like 90, 91. Yeah. And the rights to the movie were probably bought around the same time. Yeah. So, or rights to the book, rather. So. All right, you. Maybe <laughs> Nick's got three and we're <laughs> still tied. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this has gone nowhere. <laughs> Let us know. As always, feedback at com. Okay, so we'll move on to our segment today. We're going to do a back-to-school special. Since all the kids are running back to school, we're doing a movie called Boyhood as well. Kind of. And you are a boy when you're in school, if you are a male? <laughs> no, that's not necessarily Is that what you got. meant? No. no. 
No, because sometimes girls are in school too, Willie. But if you're male and you're in school, then you are a boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not why we got here. But anyway, we're gonna do, we're gonna talk about some of our favorite movies that are centered around school or have something to do with school. So, Willie, what's your back to school pick this week? Um, I'm gonna go with Can't Hardly Wait. I like one. that movie. Um, I came out around the time when I was in. I think I was in middle school, early middle school when that came out. Maybe even like fifth grade. I don't know. It was around that time. And I remember that was before I had, had any actual experience in high school. So you had this dream of what high school was going to be, right? Yeah. As a young kid, you're like, man, it's going to be so sweet. We're going to kill our parties and like, <laughs> you know, make out with chicks and all this stuff. They usually, well, I'm, I can't say it usually doesn't happen, but not for me. Um, and I remember this, this movie was totally exactly what... I was thinking high school was going to be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's got a great cast. Uh, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who was like the biggest thing in the world at that point. Yeah. Um, Seth Green, who I always loved. Mm-hmm. I thought he was great on uh, Buffy. When he was on Buffy, I liked him a lot. And um, the Austin Powers movies, I think, weren't too far out from this, and he was hilarious in those. Yeah. Um, Peter Fascinelli. Yes. Uh, who is so underrated. He's actually a pretty cool actor, and I don't think he gets a lot of. A lot of good roles. But he's super good as, like, the ridiculously overly macho jock in this movie. Like, to the point of just extreme. Um, <laughs> like, giving people wedgies when he's, like, an 18-year-old man. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, but he's, he's very funny. And, and like, the, the relationship between, between him and um, Charlie Corsmo, who plays kind of the nerd, the, yeah. the nerdy guy, yeah. is super great. And the evolution of that relationship throughout the movie is fantastic. Um, no, just a really cool movie. Cool soundtrack, kind of like a, spans a lot of different decades of music. Yeah. Um, they've got you know there's the, there's of course your your, your ever present '90s Smash Mouth song. Got to have that. Mm-hmm. I think there's two in this movie actually, but there's actually some pretty cool. There's a good use of Mandy by Barry Manilow in this mm-hmm. movie, and I really appreciate any good use of Barry Manilow. So um, I just made that up. I don't really care about Barry Manilow. <laughs> um, Jenna Elfman. Yeah. Dharma and Greg. That was hot at the time, and she's in this. She plays a stripper. It's awesome. Is Ethan Embry's in this one? Right? Ethan Embry yeah. is the lead, yeah. The lead. Yeah, I hadn't I I uh I, I related to Preston. Preston is the is his character's name. Yeah. I totally get him because he's not like he's not a complete and utter nerd or like like he's got a social life, he's got friends, mm-hmm. but he's not like involved in everything in school. He doesn't go to every like you know, you can just tell he's the guy who just Lost between the clicks. Yeah, he just kind of does his own thing, and I like that. I I, I like that. And I love the, you know, I've I've always enjoyed the the classic uh, nice young guy who doesn't have the guts to tell the girl that he loves that he loves her, and, like, he finally works up the guts, and and things happen, you know? So, and that's totally what this movie is. It's very much about, he's the central, there's a lot of characters, but he's kind of the central focus of the movie, and um, it's, it's a cool movie. It really is very funny. Um... Super over the top in the last spots, but but I don't know. It's got a lot of heart, and and I enjoy it. You don't see a lot of those teen movies now. Um, no, it's all just young adult adaptations. Yeah, it's it's either it is um, it's either movies like and I, I I haven't seen this movie, and I'm not judging it at all. But like movies like Fault in Our Stars or yeah. like Spectacular Now, where they're kind of they're more serious. I mean, yeah. there's comedic elements, but they're a lot more dare I say Nicholas Sparksy, where it's kind of there's there's some sort of dramatic element there. <laughs> that, I'm not saying it's Nicholas Sparks, but I'm just saying that it's I think it's inspired by those that that tone. You know, where yeah, there's a love story in it and but it takes itself fairly seriously for the most part. There's always some sort of like rise and fall of the main character for whatever reason. Um, whether it be 
I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I you don't see a lot of just straight up fun teen comedies that have heart. You know, there's yeah. a lot of movies that come out like Super Bad or um, I don't know, uh, Twenty One and Over. Like you see a lot of these party movies that are more inspired by like the American Pie movies. But yeah. even the original American Pie had a lot of heart to it. Actually, when you go back and watch it, I mean, yeah, it's the the draw is the gross out humor and the sex jokes, but mm-hmm. it actually like you felt for the characters and you could understand what they were going through and. I don't know. I miss that. So I'd like to see more. I don't know. I want to see a high school party movie again that actually has like people I care about, not just drunken chicks and boobs. Yeah. You know, look like at how sweet this is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it feels like it's one extreme or the other. Yeah, it's, it's super party or it's like super you are my soulmate. And... I have cancer. Yeah, <laughs> we will not be together. Leukemia. No, it's true. AIDS. So and, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, well, for sure. Yeah, yeah that that fine line doesn't exist anymore no and i think there's a balance to be struck there and i think movies like like um kings of summer are mm-hmm. close to that yeah the way way back had had a lot of that too yeah where it was, it, was a, it was a good mix of both it was a fun movie but it dealt with some some serious some stuff. stuff yeah there was there's a reason to actually give a shit about the but characters. you didn't leave it going uh, yeah right. like man i feel really bad for everybody in that movie yeah. no i don't know i i missed that but can't hardly wait if you haven't seen it check it out it's very very funny uh, if you can deal with the Smash Mouth, which you can handle it, it's okay. It's in Mystery Men too. We've all yeah. been through Smash Mouth. So. The we, we made it, we all made it through the nineties. Yes. Most of us listening, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if you've heard one Smash Mouth song, you've heard them all, and you can do it again. Yep. It's all right. So, all right, Nick, back to school movie. Uh, back to school movies. You know, high school high school comedies and, and dramas have never been an area of interest for me. So the only movie I can really think of is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, mm. ah, which is one. which is an all-time favorite. Uh, it's just you know, there's not much I can say about it that hasn't already been said. It's uh, just phenomenal, and it's one of those classic, classic movies that I feel like I'll be able to show my kids one day, and they will think it's funny. Yeah. And initially they'll be like, "Dad, your movies are shitty," and like, <laughs> I mean, not with mouths like that, they won't. But. Uh, They'll, you know, be kind of kind of poo-poo on the idea, but then it's one of those movies that will hook you within minutes because it starts off so great. And just the, the breaking of the fourth wall and all the source music is great. Mm-hmm. All the performances are stand-up. The, the editing and direction gags in that movie are so good. It's just, it's a blast to watch. Even yeah. It's one of, the, one of the movies that, um, <clears throat> you know, if it was ever on TV or somebody was watching, I would drop whatever I was doing and just be like, oh my God, Ferris Bueller's on. Stop it. It's time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I actually thought of a couple other movies that are uh, well. One in particular, I, I thought of The Graduate too, <laughs> which is <laughs> That's fair. one of my all-time favorites. It's such a great movie, and uh, it's one of those like '60s movies that I can watch repeatedly. And I always, always recommend to people, especially people in our age bracket. That one and Kicking and Screaming by Noah Baumbach, I think, mm-hmm. are two essential post-collegiate viewing experiences. Anybody between like 24 and like 20, well, even like I can even say like 22 and like 26, 27 should watch yeah. should watch them. You're right; it's that perfect age range to uh, to see those. <clears throat> and the Graduate is again; it's got so many classic lines and moments, and uh, it's uh, it's just a great film all around. And um, the only other school movie I could think of was uh, 400 Blows, which is like on the other end of the spectrum as a kid being brought into the school system and that one's kind of interesting but yeah back to school Billy Madison the comedy is a classic comedy. yeah there's a lot of it feels like school is a, is a subject that's ripe for uh, parody and like being poked yeah. fun at because it's such an impressionable time in your life 
Also, because Tim's not here, I have to throw out one for the faculty. Because okay. somebody's got a rep, rep for the faculty. Fantastic. Which, which has some of the most hilarious, cliche, cardboard cutout high school people. It's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so bad, but so good. And, and yeah, fun to watch. And that's Rodriguez, isn't it? Yeah. Like early Rodriguez. Early Paul. Yeah, early uh, Robert oh, God, Rodriguez. Yeah, and you've got uh, Robert Patrick as the football coach. Oh, yeah. John Stewart as the evil science Fonka teacher. Jansen as the, like, mm-hmm. kind of... Kind of uh, Dowdy, like meek teacher turned into a sex pot Total by the end, sex pot, yeah. uh, which is awesome. Um, and it's got Usher, don't forget Usher, 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 an early Josh Hartner, or <laughs> Josh Hartnett's hair also is the funniest thing in that movie. <laughs> Goes this way, like for a big part I, of the movie. I, he, 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 it's literally, it's, it's that time when people, and I think some people still do it, where like. They were trying to purposely make it look like they don't give a shit about their hair, yeah. but like they spent hours like trying huge, to make it look one huge cow lick that's just like whoosh, off on its own. <laughs> most of the movie, it's really dumb. I've never seen the thing. You know, see it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's on Netflix. It's a fun like you know, do a couple shots with your friends and be like, let's watch the faculty. It's 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 goofy. It's awesome. All right, uh, my brain immediately jumps to Back to the Future. Because uh, a lot of 1950s school going on in that one, which I always have. I, it's it's fun just thinking about, okay, there's Doc and Marty that are just like these two guys running around school. And Marty looks like he could belong there, but Doc certainly doesn't. And neither of them are attending any classes. And it's just funny to think about that. But I don't know. It's got the school dance and everything. It's just that was where my brain went first. But ultimately I ended up, I was like, yeah, I don't know if that one really counts as like school for me. So... For high school, 10 Things I Hate About You. Mm. Oh, man. It's great, great pick. Yeah, that's that one That one sticks with me, and it's very much... I don't know. For a long time, I was very, like... Just Gordon-Levin in that movie was me. Like, I felt <laughs> that's kind of who I, like, identified with. Because <clears throat> Heath Ledger's kind of got the bad boy thing going on, and... You totally got a bad boy thing going well, on. Well, you know, and when, when I had my long hair, I was still a little chubby, but I was chubby Heath Ledger, so it worked out well, <laughs> but... No, Ten Things I Hate About You is fantastic. It's one of those, like, it, yeah, it's 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 the it's like she's all that. Like, it's all it's in that group of things. But for some reason, it's the one that's like the most accessible for me. Even though it's like female led for the most part. Like, I feel like Julia Stiles is more of. Well, yeah, I think it's very self aware though. Where a lot of those movies aren't always like I think like Ten Things I Hate About You knows exactly what kind of movie it is. Yeah, and it tries to elevate. What it is, you know, and I think like she's all that's a very a fine teen movie. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but it doesn't try to be anything more than exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, I think that Ten Things I Hate About You kind of knows what it is and then tries to up the ante a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of the performances and the story and everything. That, that's one of those movies that I have like Ferris Bueller. I don't think I've ever heard anybody watch and be like, "Yeah, I didn't care for it." Yeah, <laughs> it's just a great time. Yeah, and it leaves you feeling great. You're like, Man, that was a great time. At the there's movie. somebody in that movie that you relate to, no yeah. matter what. Like, it covers so many different kinds of... You're either, like, the really nerdy kid, like David Krumholtz, Krumholtz. or you're the, kind of, you're the kind of nerdy kid, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, or you're the girl whose dad wouldn't let her date. Like, it's it's perfect. There's all kinds of people that you can, like... Or you're a total douche, against. like Andrew Keegan. That's true, too. I mean, that's, that's possible, true too. too. It's like uh, Barney Stinson and How I Met Your Mother, probably, written yeah. by Andrew, Andrew <laughs> Keegan. <laughs> uh, and then my other one, I, wanted, I picked a college one as well, and this one... It's a little more of a guilty pleasure, but I still think it's like a fun movie. It's a really fun movie to watch. I have a soft spot for Van Wilder. Oh yeah, because I, I I like pre like 
pre-sex symbol Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, like, when he was straight, I am pure comedy, mm-hmm. and this wit that flows out of my mouth is amazing, is fantastic. <laughs> like, two guys and a girl, uh, 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 Ryan Reynolds, and this era, Ryan, it's... I love, like, everything that he does in that time, because he's just so entertaining, mm-hmm. and every delivery kind of has, like, a particular effect to it, and it's... Van Wilder's just a lot of fun to watch. It's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, it's got the gross-out humor, and there's not really a ton of heart to it, but it's it's a good time. It's true, yeah. That was before the, the transformation of, or the attempted transformation of Ryan Reynolds into... Cause he, it was funny because he felt like he was, he was that guy who was really, really cool and like could get away with anything, but yep. kind of like Ferris Bueller, he was relatable in a way. Mm-hmm. And he felt like even if you ran across him, you could like be buds with him. Yeah. And it wouldn't be, you know... Wouldn't be you wouldn't be an asshole to you like that. Which he was. I remember when that when I saw that movie, I was thinking if National Lampoon was to continue making like I just remember thinking Ryan Reynolds in that time reminded me a lot of Chevy Chase. Mm. He just had this like just mm-hmm. very like cool like everything rolled right off his back and didn't bother yeah. him kind of vibe. And I remember when people were saying, "Oh man, they should make a new Fletch movie." I was like, "Oh man, Ryan Reynolds would be such a good like." Neo Chevy Chase, but now it's like he's tarnished by hair gel and Blade Three muscles. And yeah, and <laughs> Blade Three, <laughs> Green Lantern. It's too bad. Yeah, but anyway, he'll come, I also back. Come, he'll come back. He'll come back with McConaughey. Ooh, I just I, 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 that was one that was I was, I was thinking of and I forgot to say Pleasantville is uh, is an awesome high school. That movie. is an awesome movie. Yeah. yeah, I haven't I haven't watched Pleasantville since like. I have basically the point in time where I'm like I'm actually aware of watching movies and watching <laughs> movies. That was probably when I was around, like, 15, 14. And I probably watched it when I was really young. She watched it again. Yeah, it's, it's a really good movie. Cool. It's a great movie in general. It'd be a good retro for us to cover. That'd be good. Yeah. All right. I think that wraps up our Back to School special. Hope you guys that are in school are enjoying school or ready to learn. And those of you that aren't are happy that your kids are headed back to school. And you can watch some movies about going to school, too. So check those ones out. We are going to move on to our full review of Richard Linklater's Boyhood. Uh, Boyhood, the synopsis on IMDb says, The life of a young man, Mason, from age 5 to 18. Pretty simple. Uh, starring Eller Coltrane, Patricia Arquette, Ethan Hawke, uh, Lorelai Linklater. And I think those are the people, those are like the only names that you really... You don't know two of those names, but the other two are the only two that you're really going to know in the movie, as far as I recall. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, this is a movie... I became aware of who Richard Linklater was when Scanner Darkly came out in, like, 2006. And I think right around then is when I heard that he was making this movie. He started it in 2002 or three, And it's just... Listening to the project, I was like, this is going to be really interesting if it ever actually comes out. Because at that <laughs> point, it's like, who knows? It could have been couched at any point. Maybe he just loses funny halfway through and then he's got half of the movie that he, he gets bored with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's possible. Yeah. So, and it's just such an astounding premise, like taking, basically taking the idea of having the character in your movie actually grow up, the actor in the movie actually grows up. Mm-hmm. That's, in, that was really interesting to me. And so I was excited to see, I was excited when I was like, oh man, Boyhood is actually coming out now. That's something that I've been paying attention to for quite a while. So, um... I know I was quite excited for it. Nick, I think you were excited for it. I think both of us had it somewhere near our top anticipated for the year list. I don't remember exactly where it might have fallen. 
Or no, maybe we wanted it to, and then it finally got an actual release date. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually on Nick's, because he had faith and I did not. It was <laughs> like, this is going to come out in like 2017 or something like that. It will never come out. Yeah. But anyway, Boyhood, Willie, how did you feel about Boyhood? Um, I liked it. I thought it was really good. It's, um, I mean, certainly it's going to be hard for the movie itself to be better than the story behind the movie. <laughs> like, I think, I, I mean, honestly, I think, I think that would have been hard for it to do, but I think it does, it does a damn good job of keeping you interested in, in the lead actor, uh, Ellen, Ellen Coltrane, Eller, 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 Eller yeah. Coltrane. I knew it was like an E-L-L-A something, yeah. but yeah. Um, and you know he's he's actually a pretty good little actor, you know. I mean, and like as he gets older, he gets better. Um, yep. And God, it just it, this movie's cool because you kind of uh, the first couple times it happened in the movie where like they'd show off something that would like firmly stamp you in a certain time yep. period, whether it was a piece of technology or a TV show or a song or whatever. I was like, oh no, is this yeah. going to be that movie where it's like. Yeah. Look at this this phone. See, it's a long time ago. Like you know, but it didn't. They once you realize why that's being done, um, it, it it's really sucks you right into it. Because I start thinking about. I mean, I, I was you know older than he was. You know, I, I my life does not follow the path of his life timeline wise. But I mean, I remember the popularity of certain things, yeah. and I remember kind of where I was at when this came out. Or what I was up to when this came out. I mean, the kid was watching Dragon Ball Z in the movie at one point, and I was like, yes! yes. Like, like yeah. it was a little later in the show than when I kept watching, <laughs> but I was, like, a few years before him, you know? I yeah. was, you know, so... Um, that was really cool. And, and I, I want to say real quick, I don't... Spoilers for this movie is really weird and interesting. We're going to try not to talk too much about no, I don't anything think, that yeah. would be considered a spoiler, but... Yeah, I won't mention... I mean, I, you know, he does watch DBZ, so that's awesome. Spoiler alert. Um, but... You start you, as, as time goes on. You start to see we get caught up with kind of where we're at now. It's weird. It almost yeah. feels weird, you yeah. know. Like you're almost you. Know, it makes you feel sad almost because you're like we're no longer any any sort of nostalgia fact. There's no nostalgia factor here. Now he's listening. Now we're hearing music that I heard on the radio two days ago. I'm yeah. like shit. <laughs> like that sucks. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's really cool, and it's cool to see. Um, you know, like Ethan Hawke, uh, not only how his character changes over the course of the 12 years, but, but how, how he doesn't how, age at all. <laughs> how, yeah, yeah, but how he changed or didn't change over the course of those 12 years. Yeah. And same with uh, with Arquette, too. She, mm-hmm. you know, um, how she changes both in terms of her character and herself. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really cool. There's there's some moments in this movie that really that get close to, to Willie's tears, and I'm sure you guys both had moments that got for you, too. Um, there are there's a moment where there's a there's a goodbye in the movie or mm-hmm. the lack of a goodbye rather, and um, we can talk about it more. Are we doing spoiler section? Yeah, we might as okay. well. But there's a, there's a couple moments that feel so real and genuine and exactly you feel you literally feel like you're in the kid's shoes. Yeah, and that's hard to do. It's really really hard to. To put anybody in any character's shoes, but you—I re- mean, I legitimately was like, I know exactly what that feeling is. Mm-hmm. I've never—I've never had this exact thing happen to me, but I get it. Like, I totally know that feeling. So, I don't know. It, it hits you at an emotional level, and I think that for the most part, the plots—the plot keeps you along for the ride. There's some points that I think are 
maybe a little redundant. Like, like there's a couple moments that, that are hit multiple times where it's kind of, okay, I get it, you yeah. know. But it's not, I don't think, I never sat there going, oh, God, like, can we get through this part, portion of the movie? Yeah. I thought each year of his life was interesting enough to, to warrant including in the movie. And it's a long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I can't see much that I'd cut. I just, there were moments where I felt like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah. I see what we're trying to hit home with here. And, you know, I, it's a really cool movie. It's very, very cool. Hell of a soundtrack. It's going to be like 17 discs long, but, you know, pretty damn good. <laughs> but I, I Blu-ray. Yeah. It's like the soundtrack to the first episode of Arrow. Yeah, 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 the, the, the box set. Um, <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed this movie. I wasn't sure what to think going in. I knew that for a fact that I was going to be fascinated by how they made it, um, just having read up on it and having heard about it from you guys. And um, I like Linklater a lot. I think that... I, I won't say that this is his best movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is, to be fair. Um, I think it's his most ambitious movie, and I don't. I think it might be the most ambitious movie. Um, and I mean, because it's never been done before, and it, yeah. it won't ever be done again. You can't do not not like this. You can't do it ever again. No. And that alone should be. I mean, I read a thing with Ethan Hawke where he said, like, I thought that the the coolest, most unique thing I would ever do was the before trilogy with, mm-hmm. with Linklater. Like when he, when he told me his plan for these movies, I thought, wow, this is the most unique and interesting thing that will ever have in my career. And then he told me about boyhood <laughs> and I went, holy shit. <laughs> you know, like, like it's just very cool to hear him talk about that. Cause you know, they're friends and stuff. So I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's very cool. You should check it out. Yes. It's got a long run time, but it's worth it. So, all right, Nick boyhood. Um, do you just want to, do you want to cry into the microphone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was an unusual one because it was the one where at the end I got really weepy and Alex wasn't nearly as affected as I was. It's it a unique uh, unique yeah. role reversal. Yes. Um, uh, this movie is so incredible to me on every level. And it, I'm re- I'm reminded of Dr. Manhattan with this movie because mm-hmm. he has that amazing speech towards the end of the story both the movie and the book where he he Watchmen finally Watchman, yeah where he uh, finally realizes the value of human life in from a mathematical mm-hmm. and statistical standpoint by the fact that he says of all improbable odds that two people could couple and of all the genes that are fighting for dominance that this one person could come out mm-hmm. the other end of it and be who they are this movie is kind of that to me because the fact that it even exists mm-hmm. is unreal yeah and the fact that it all worked out and uh, i mean the, the richard linklater is probably the greatest director of all the greatest filmmaker of all time because <laughs> of this movie because who can film for 12 years for longer than a decade for longer than most of us do anything and and not only get it done but smooth it out and cut it together into a coherent story that not only makes sense and is easy to follow, but actually flows. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it is a long movie. It's knocking on three hours, and I did not once feel the need to check my my phone for the time during this movie. It was just it just goes. And there are a couple a couple of little uh, segments or whatever you want to call it that uh, that felt a, a tick longer than they needed to be. But by the time one ended and jumped onto the next one, I find myself already wishing that the previous one hadn't ended so quickly. And the way the way that this movie really parallels life and just moves along, and you find yourself wanting to to kind of savor it a little bit longer, is just so beautiful and so bittersweet. And <clears throat> the performances are all excellent. The characters feel very real. 
and uh, and perfectly cast with his his sister's okay. And it's kind of a weird gray area because normally I would poo poo on it because she's Linklater's daughter. Yeah, and I'd be like, this is this is dumb, but. She's. I, I liked her when she was really little in the movie. Yeah. I thought she was perfect, and she kind of seemed to outgrow the role. Like, and wasn't as into it, but she was still good by the end. I that's, think just the character was not as interesting as as the uh, the rest of them ended up being. But I think that maybe was a function of she didn't want to be in right, the movie anymore. Right. <laughs> and I think, but I think also it was just the fact that I'm a I'm a, a guy. Yeah. And I related way more to him. Yeah. And I never had a sister, so I, I couldn't. A lot of the scenes I thought were really funny with with the two of them, their their dynamic. But um, there's so much that happens in this movie that it really, really parallels my own life. So it was it got pretty intense a couple times, especially with the family dynamic and what ends up happening with a lot of the, you know, his parents and stuff. It was very it, it hit really close to home a couple times, and it was was a really amazing uh, experience in the theater. I'm dying to take my mom to see this movie with me. Because I know she, I will bring a GoPro and she will just melt, <laughs> melt down into a blubbering mess. And I want to see it so bad. It would be such a great experiment. Because I want to I want to know. I haven't read any really meaty articles or papers or anything on this movie yet from the perspective of someone who has had kids and seen them grow. Yeah. Like I'm dying to hear what some what some parents have to say about this movie because I'm sure there are people leaving. If you took a, a crowd of randomly selected parents and put in this movie, there probably wouldn't be a dry eye in the house because they would all remember. I mean, it's, not, it's the thing all parents say is they grow up so fast. And like yep. watching this movie and watching this kid's life, I was like, oh my god, I felt my my own life flashing before my eyes with all these beats with this kid and uh, all the things we had in common. I was like, oh my god, this is too much. Like it was just, it was great. It was one of the best movie experiences I've had in a long time. And I, I I can't say that it's a perfect movie. I can't be like, oh man, it's amazing. But I can't really think of anything wrong with it either because it, it's peerless. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to compare this movie to mm-hmm. except reality. And <clears throat> if your life was as close to this movie as my as mine was, then you'll probably love it. But if you can in no way relate, then you might be like, eh, it's cool. Like Willie said, the story, like the, the behind the scenes, the documentary that will inevitably be made about this movie might be better than the real movie for you. But I think it's... Um, from a from a filmmaking standpoint, it's such a feat, and uh, and works way better than it has any right to. Like if when I first heard about this movie, which was probably in two thousand and four ish, two thousand and five, when he had just kind of started on it, it was just a couple of years in. I was like, whoa! It's right around the time I started college. I read about it, and I was like, that's a cool idea. And then it would fall off the radar for like two years, and then somebody would say something about it, like, oh yeah, they shot a little bit more, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's still kicking around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, wow, did, did the cosmos ever align in order for this thing to actually get yeah. done and be as good as it is? I mean, and the trailer is like the best trailer I've seen in like five years too. I mean, everything about it's good. So I don't want to, I don't want to have the most boring review ever on the podcast, but me just raving about it, but it really was pretty spectacular. So, <clears throat> and I'm sure in spoilers, we'll get into a little bit more detail yeah. about it, but I am thoroughly impressed and I don't see how studios are not just throwing everything they have at Richard Linklater to try to get him to do something. They might be. They might be, but at the same time, it's interesting because what what about that movie makes you like, oh, yeah, he should direct uh, the next uh, King Kong movie. Like, he's... I think he's going to be that guy who forever comes up with his own brilliant, visionary ideas and just executes them. No, absolutely. Like, that's... Even before I knew anything about the Before series and I knew anything about Boyhood... A Scanner Darkly, simply. I'm going to cast this Philip K. Dick novel with uh, uh, 
Keanu Reeves, Robert Downey Jr., Winona Ryder, and Rory Cochran. Woody Rory Wilson. Cochran. And then I'm just gonna sit there and paint over every like I'm gonna rotoscope <laughs> no. every shot of the movie. With, this is the second time that he's done that yeah, too because he did Waking yeah, Life. Yeah. It's so like just those ideas alone make him so very interesting. And then growing up and learning more about the Before series and the fact that Boyhood happened, he's honestly one of my like. I'm gonna go see like I, there will be a point in life where I have seen every single Richard Linklater movie and probably probably like loved every second of them for different reasons and just. Experiencing the different parts of his career. Have you ever seen Days and Confused? Just out of curiosity. Not really. I played a drinking game to it once and got very drunk really quickly. You should see it. It's really really good. It's School That's, of Rock. Everybody's seen School. School of, yeah. School of Rock's fantastic. It's there's and the before movies are like I just experienced them last year for the first time and they've become some of my favorite movies. I ever. still haven't seen two or three. They're so, so good. Yeah. It's just it's stupid. Like because the things that I go to with those movies, like I very much. Those movies are kind of like a tool for me. It's almost like I sit down and watch them and it allows me to reflect on how I feel about the things that are presented in them. That's a lot of how I go to movies. Like, it's very much about personal resonance and what the movie helps me learn about myself. And that's something that I kind of go to movies for. And and it's fantastic that he kind of... I think that's part of what he almost wants to accomplish with the Before series. And I, and I, I think it's he pulls it off flawlessly. But... Boyhood's really, really ridiculously good for the fact that it's shot over 12 years, which is something that Nick already said. I said to him after we left, I was like, you can watch the Jin trailer and know that it's been shot four different times with like four different cameras. <laughs> this movie was filmed for a week every 12, like every year for 12 years. And it's, you, it's seamless. It there's, is. That's, that's impressive. There's no like film degradation. There's nothing that that could ever give a, give away the fact that you are, you know, not just replacing the actor. You're watching it, footage from 2002. Yeah, it's it's insane and it's fantastic and that that alone takes a large amount of skill, but the fact that he could go there and kind of like uh, apparently they filmed for a week or a very short amount of time every year and kind of cut together what he got that year, okay, and then we get a little bit more this year and I cut it together. The fact that he could make a movie that is as fully formed as this is ridiculous. It has character arcs. It has character. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's insane. I this movie was filmed for twelve years and it's more coherent than Transformers Four. I had to slip that in there. I'm sorry, nice. but it's it's true. There's, I mean, you made there's, it a lot longer than I thought. You I know, I know, but it's very true. It's it's ridiculous. Like there's no it, that doesn't make any sense to me. It shouldn't work this way. This movie should not exist, as Nick said. It should not work as well as it does, and it works very well. All of that being said, I didn't have the emotional connection to this movie that I wanted. And it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I felt like it's a very different boyhood from mine. My boyhood was very lame. It was very straightforward. Your parents are together. You don't do any drinking before you're 21. You don't do any drugs. You barely you have like one girlfriend. Go. That's it. That was my boyhood. And... To sit here and watch his kind of like him go through those tumultuous teenage years and like start to try and figure himself out then. Like, I'm right now starting to figure out my identity and who I am. That's how I feel. And he starts going through that at like kind of what I think is the normal time in life to at least start thinking about you and who you are and finding your identity. I think 
that was a separation for me, and that's probably part of why I didn't quite... It didn't strike the chord with me how I anticipated that it would. But all of that being said, it didn't hamper that at all for me. Like, it, it's still amazing to actually watch this kid grow up before your eyes mm -hmm. and to see him go through these experiences that feel really real. None of it really... See, none, like, nothing in this movie feels overly scripted or written, and it doesn't, like... It all feels like this is a real life that somebody could have had, which is fantastic. That's not... I don't think that's something that you should sneeze at. It's a real consideration to have, like, a realistic story like that for mm -hmm. a movie like this. Especially one, like, he couldn't have planned it out, really. I don't think there's any way you could really plan that out. No. He was just shooting and seeing where it went, which is awesome. And I think that you can... To me, at least, I, I feel like you could tell that... He was taking kind of what the actor was actually into, like how he dressed or how he had his hair and stuff like And he was kind of molding the character around the actor. Yeah. I mean, I th that's the vibe I got. You know, the, the, the actor himself doesn't seem like he would be like out playing football in high school. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. so I mean, and now if he had have been a kid who had grown up and then Linklater didn't know what he was going to grow up to do, like he might've turned into a big, huge jock. The movie might be totally, completely different Yeah, because they might have incorporated that part of his personal life into the movie, you know? So it's really interesting. Like Absolutely. if you had filmed this movie with a different kid, how totally different would the movie be, you know, in terms of the, the lead character? I mean, could be hugely different. That makes me really curious to know more about him and what he actually I bet he's pretty close. Us. I bet he's into photography, just like the kid in the movie. Probably, yeah. I bet there's some very similar qualities between the two of them. I, I would... That's just a guess, I guess, but I... I've, I've always thought it, it's incredible how casting directors can cast children. Yeah. And I've always wondered... That, I always think that has got to be such a specialization. Did you guys see the... Uh, just today or yesterday, the, the 20 years later Little Rascals thing? Yep. It's hilarious because I look at some of these kids and they grew up to be exactly kind of the person that they were cast as. Mm -hmm. And twenty years ago, some like how do you what do you, what questions do you ask a kid to pinpoint to pinpoint yeah. whether or not they're right for your project? And how do you sit down with this little kid and be like, what do you want to be? Just like in the movie, what do you want? What do you want to do when you grow up? Who, who like what kind of things do you like to do? Like how on on earth do they hone in? On how, like, I don't know, I want to know so much more, like, whether or not Linklater had scripted that the kid would grow up to be into photography and art, or if he kind of rolled with what the kid actually liked, or the yeah. kind of the kind of look the kid conveyed. Because obviously, I mean, they talk about 9-11 in the movie, some some things happen, well, I guess the movie was, was post, initially yeah. started post-9-11, but it's interesting to think that he would start weaving some of that real-world-ness into the characters and be like, I know kind of the character I want the dad to be at this point, but maybe not by the end, and... It's uh, it's pretty cool that that the kid was able to be as good as he is because he really does carry the movie on his own. Does yeah, he, does yeah. I wonder if he's going to keep acting. Like, I'm curious to see. Like, yeah. Like, hey, guys. I mean, like, maybe there could have been some sort of limitation in his contract. Like, we can't have you showing up in a bunch of movies because it's going to. They, they actually this. did not have contracts. I read that wow. nobody is nobody in the film. Oh, because you can't legally contract somebody to work over seven years. Over seven years. Yep. Yeah. So nobody in this movie was ever actually contracted. They all That's finished insane. it out of. Loyalty to the project. I, you know, I think if Richard Linklater walks up to you and is like, "Hey, like, if you have anything, if you know anything about Richard Linklater by 2002, like, if these if the parents loved the Before series or something like that, and then maybe they're fans of films or whatever." There was like one of them out at that point. Sunset Two. was 2004. Really? Yeah. 
I guess I remember yeah. when it came out on DVD. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, Daisy Confused was but out. Still, and yeah, there like, was, he had a few movies under his yeah. belt. Yeah, so I think I think at least, and if if you're a fan of film or anything of that, like even if you're like a fan of art, and somebody walks up to you and says, "I'm going to film something for 12 years with your son," mm-hmm. I well, think I'm you're sure kinda, it got to the point where the kid like enjoyed it. Yeah, he probably like started. Enjoying the yearly, oh, it was like a, like a like a like a vacation every year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like and you get to hang out with Ethan Hawke all year. You know, for, <laughs> like like for a week each year. Like, and I'm sorry, I'm not in town this week. I'm going to hang out with Ethan Hawke. Like, and that's the thing. Like, if they film for like a week every Dan. year, this is way less invasive than hey, you're going to be on a movie for four Three months, months and yeah. we're going to interrupt your school and blah 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 blah. Like that's you know, and they, I'm assuming they probably shot it all like around his neighborhood and stuff. Would be my guess. Especially when he was younger, yeah. my guess is that they would have shot it probably, maybe even at his house. I yeah. don't know. You know, I mean, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that I'm curious about. Yeah. Because I think that 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 I mean, I I really enjoyed. I think we all enjoyed the movie to very you know most mm-hmm. mostly. I mean, but I think you might even appreciate even more knowing some of those things. Cause I yeah. think I would too. Like where yeah. I would I would like oh my god like that's amazing. No, it's they like, had it's foresight like, to do it this way. Or it's like Nick said. The, like if a doc, like if they they could shoot a documentary in this movie and I like or a making of or whatever they do and I would be just as excited to watch that as I was to actually watch absolutely the project. I'm like, praying that there's something on a Blu-ray release. I think there has to be. I think Criterion spoke up and was like, <sighs> "Boom, boyhood, yes. please." And then I I'm sure there's going to be tons of special features. They've done a couple of Linklater's movies. Yeah, I think Slacker so. is one of them mm-hmm. for sure. All right, we should move into spoiler Terry real quick. Uh, just to get any of those ideas out, and uh, we'll do it again. Here we are in spoiler cherry for Boyhood. So, like I said, it's not—it's hard to like spoil this movie. Yeah. Ethan Hawke grows a mustache, and it's amazing. He does. It it's really good mustache, too. I think that's the best surprise in the movie. What's well, weird is that usually mustaches make people more, look more creepy, but Ethan Hawke normally looks kind of creepy, and then with a mustache, he looks kind of classy. Like, <laughs> it has the opposite effect on Ethan Hawke. So, I think he should wear a mustache all the time. <laughs> yeah, I could see him in a remake of Casablanca now. That yeah, he's got I can see that. Um, it makes him look very Texan, which is funny, like how, how the dad... The dad's character arc goes from just kind of like loudmouth liberal. Got married you know, too young. Yep, yep, yeah. and into like kind of con- somewhat conservative. Uh, you know, but he totally Texan. feels restrained. Like like the his his kind of last conversation in the movie with uh, with his son is funny because like he just feels like a caged animal a little bit. Like there's still part of him that's like just wants to go out and like have a good time. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. But I think all dads kind of. But I like that. Like yeah. I like that, they, that. There's that subtext there that he's he's happy with where he's at. He's happy with his life. He loves his wife and his new kid and all that. Mm-hmm. There's part of him that's just like wants to go out and get wrecked with his son. I want to go get tanked with you and play <laughs> do some like bowl just for a while. Go steal some some yeah, Republican totally. signs out of the yard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. I don't know. I love. And and that's that's a testament to Ethan Hawke's acting too. I think he's a, he's a much better actor than I think he his roles wind up giving him to work with. Yeah. Um, you know, Daybreakers wasn't exactly a. <laughs> Ooh, forgot about the that. Purge. Oof. Sam Neill. How, how do you how do you show up, Sam Neill? Though. Yeah, that's true. When Sam Neill's on playing a playing a hammy vampire, then you're kind of screwed. Vampire. Um, <laughs> Vampire. <laughs> Vampire records. Um, I, I want to mention the thing before I forget the um the good the kind of goodbye farewell scene mm. that is. There's a scene early on when, they, when the, the family first moves mm-hmm. uh, to Houston, and um, he, 
I don't remember what he's busy doing. He's busy doing something. His sister's on the phone. She's being a little brat, kind of, and like mm-hmm. talking to all her friends. Hangs basically hangs up on his friend. Says we're moving. Click. Yeah. Doesn't get a chance to say goodbye to his friend. And then he sees his friend riding the bike, and his friend puts up his hand and is blocked by the bushes. And that's, that's so true to like life. Like <laughs> there are moments in your life when, for instance, um, I remember somebody telling me that. Oh, I moved to Colorado for a year, and I mind uh, there was no plan for me to come back. So I was like saying goodbye to like see yeah. ya. I mean, I was a lot older than he was at the time, but I dare say that that actually makes it harder. I, I think, yeah, um, harder for longer. Yeah. Um, so I remember. So gosh, I remember being told that I, I'm totally paraphrasing here that they watched my car driving all the way down my block, and then it turned and it was gone, and that's it. That like and then that that, that that I've been on the other end of that feeling and it sucks. Like yeah. it's just because you don't get a chance. There's no even if you had said goodbye, like it's not enough because no. as soon as they get out of eyesight, it's like they disappeared. Mm-hmm. So I love that 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 almost was Willie's tears there. I was like, oh, that's awesome. It was crazy. That's I, that's not something that I would like. It's it's definitely a very poignant. Like oh, he didn't get to say bye to his friend and then he finally gets a little wave. But there's I something about him just disappearing behind the out of eyesight that. There's, it's interesting. There's a finality to it. Yeah. yeah, it's gone. Like there's not. And you know, his mom says, "Yeah, oh, we'll keep in touch." They're not going to keep in touch. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. No. Um, so that was that one. That one got me. And I will say this: I think that there, when I was walking out of the theater, there weren't too many people in at the show. But um, I got I got the vibe kind of from people's like body language and comments and stuff that they weren't nuts about how the movie ended. Mm-hmm. And I get that. It might seem at first like an odd place to end the movie um, because they're just sitting there and it seems like it's a conversation and they're on pop brownies or whatever they're on and it doesn't seem like it's that that great of a place to end the movie but I actually kind of liked it because like every scene leading up to that is one less is one less chord every every chord he has to his childhood is being cut I mean he has that last kind of that really revealing moment with his mom where he really sees his mom break down Oof. and lose it and there's a moment in your life, and it usually comes around that time when you realize that your parents aren't perfect. And now he had seen his mom be a victim. He had seen his mom make mistakes, but there was not, you know, usually it was the guy's fault in the relationship why yeah. things were going, not his mom. His mom was always trying to do better. But there is, there's finally this moment where I think, like, as a character, he realizes, like, I need to get out of here. Like, this is. This is the next step. I, this is there's no reason to be around here anymore. And it's not you know it's not good for her either. Yeah. Um, and you know he has that last conversation with his dad, and I think that one by one those cords are being cut. And there's that moment of he's completely by himself. He can go do whatever he wants whenever he wants. Really, um, he's with a new girl who who knows it could lead into something. It could lead to the rest of his life. We yeah. don't know, and we won't know. Uh, he's with new friends out in the mountains, like adventure, like on an adventure, basically that he's totally taking control of. No one else has steered him in that direction. And that's, that's, that is literally, I find it very interesting. It's going to sound corny, but that's the moment where he becomes a man. That's why the movie ends where it does, because there's nothing, there's no tether there anymore. That's That's, interesting. That's the last possible, you know, he's not, he's not the most mature person on the planet because we, none of us are at that age, but Mm -hmm. he's a man. Like he has become a man at that point. And He's kind of at least a pretty good prototype for the person he's going to be for the rest of his life. You know, boil it over. 
Boy, hit over. Yeah, yeah. Sequel manhood coming soon. Uh, when when we watched, from now. when we walked out of it, Nick, I remember you being like, I kind of wish that it ended as soon as he hits the highway and and that yeah, and hero starts that, playing. That shot of him just on the open road was it's, like I thought it was the most perfect metaphor. Like if the movie had ended there with just literally the the two lane highway infinitely stretched before him, yeah. I was like, oof, that would have been good, but. Another friend of mine I had a conversation with actually kind of helped convince me as well that the movie ended in a really good place. And um, he brought up the interesting point that the girl, he said, he read it somewhere or heard Linklater talking about it or something. The girl that he's with, that he kind of connects with in there, was the girl he had met her earlier, like seven years earlier in the movie. She's, That's what I wondered. She's in the movie. She's the little girl that when his, when his stepdad makes him shave his yeah. hair, she's the one that says she likes his hair. That's what I wondered. <laughs> oh, is it really? Because yeah, they're, 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 they're both named Nicole. Ah. Yeah. So he... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So he... And I think that added a whole new layer of coolness to me because... Uh, There's a fade I mean, to the movie, not to me. But uh, the, the... Yeah, exactly. That And how many... How many people, like how many girlfriends and, and wives and that do, do guys eventually meet and... and uh, that they had already crossed paths with previously in life and just didn't know it. Yeah. And you find that funny story of like, oh, wow, they were you, both you, there. you know so-and-so? Or yeah. like, you were at that show, that kind of thing, and, and you may have even that talked. all the time, yeah. like, Exactly. My dad and, met my uncle before he met my mom. He met my mom's brother before he worked with him a big boy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And they so didn't, they didn't, he didn't meet my mom through my uncle. That was like, it was totally a separate thing. Oh, and there, and there are so many beautiful, like, like, layers like that just to real life. Yeah, even like with family members or like, or where where you live, maybe you 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 like the 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 video store that I worked in for with you guys for years. That building used to be a building my dad worked in, mm-hmm. like twenty five years ago. It was something else on that exact same plot. And when he found out I was working it, he was like, "What?" He's like, "I worked there," and I was like, "Whoa!" Like, <laughs> this is all the way life just kind of does those weird like loops, yeah. and, you, and you always revolve around the same thing. It's it's so cool. But so when he told me that about the ending, and the more I thought about the. The significance of that scene of him, yeah, like you said, just kind of finally being out on his own and and still having that support system at home, obviously. But uh, it it ends on such a note of optimism, which is really cool. So it does I, because it's it, it's it, in the same way that the open road would totally yeah. signify that hit. Like his life is fully ahead of him, and his decisions from this point forward are his to make. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, I think it's interesting that there's like. He's he's out in the wilderness with yeah. new people. It's an un you know it's it's a place that he has not been before. Um, we didn't see him, but yeah, like we have yeah. I mean, it's a place that that he's that's kind of new to him. It seems like I mean, he he said he was there when he was a kid, but you know, I mean, it's totally different when you're an adult doing yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then and then I mean, even taking the drugs, I don't know what he takes before, but he takes something beforehand, and even that's kind of like a. I mean, yeah, he had, had a couple beers before over the course of the movie, and you see him smoking a cigarette, but I. I mean, is it is it smart to be taking drugs? No, we all know that. But but I mean, it's it's part of I think him becoming an adult is making that decision to say, okay, fine, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll go on this weird adventure with you. We're gonna go trip on peyote or whatever's going on. Like, no, it was high college. It was kind of a it was kind of a cool ending. But I I'll always have that final shot in the trailer anyway because that's how the trailer ends with that shot of the road stretching before yeah. him, and it's it's really good. But. Yeah, the uh, the ending is very cool, especially with that with that fact about the girl. That's that's. Amazing. I didn't realize that. Yeah, oh no, funny. I don't think anyone did. I mean, it's it's I, so I, like I think I brought it up to you after the movie. It's so weird. It's just so weirdly. No, I don't think so because you, you must have had this thought on your own. Because when my friend told me that, I was like, 
like I had not, not explosion. I, not, like I, I swear to God, I said it to you. It had cro- it had not crossed my mind previously. I don't think so. Because I was, was like, I was like, oh, her name's Nicole. They kind of look similar, but I, I don't. Know, I really don't remember. It was a thought it's, in my brain at the very it's, least. It's very, it's very cool. The scene. There, there were like probably two or three scenes that really hit hard, but I remember talking to you, Alex, about the one that was the most, uh, where I was like, whew, was when the, uh, when Ethan Hawke and his wife and the new baby come to pick up uh, Mason and his sister, mm-hmm. and Bomb comes outside with new husband, and they're all talking and Everybody's getting along. Amicable. Yes. Oh my God! And the mom is like saying oh to the baby and like playing with the baby like oh she's so cute and she's talking to Ethan Hawke's wife and the two men are talking and the kids are I was like oh my god this is so surreal because like I'm of the three of us I'm the only one whose parents are divorced and like Mm -hmm. you there were so many moments in uh in this movie where yeah damn I'm the only one of all (laughs) Tim Gojo everybody's parents are still together (laughs) but uh the there were so many moments in this movie where uh they deal with like the kind of weirdness that follows divorce and the uh and all those like i remember the shot uh also when he's in the school in the lecture hall and he sees the professor talking to his mom mm. and there's kind of a weird flirty exchange notices. and he kind of cocks his yeah. head like that's weird she's behaving weirdly i was like oh my god i remember that i remember <laughs> that and, I, and the yeah the parents getting along and everything i mean it's a it's not a sad scene it's a really positive scene it's a really amazing scene but I remember being like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. Just, you know, it happens once in a while, like around the holidays or my birthday. Or everybody happens to cross paths and everybody gets along really well. And it's it's so nice that that happens in the movie because a lot of times, obviously, when kids' parents get divorced, it ends really ugly. And yeah. and, it, and the parents hate each other. And it's this whole awful, awful situation. Yeah, and it's nice when that the movie dabbled into that world like of, of divorce and the, and the kind of pains that it'll put kids through and that kind of thing. But it didn't it didn't go like full broken home, like crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, on the mom's side, it did a little bit, but, uh, it was nice that the parents were like still able to just be like, eh, well, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of humor in the movie too. I don't yeah. talk very much about that. There's a lot of really hilarious stuff that happened in this movie and a lot of really funny, uh, funny moments, especially revolving around, uh, Ethan Hawke's character. There's a lot of, a lot of comedy there. I thought one thing that I wanted to mention that I, when I was talking about redundance, the, like the redundant thing earlier, the one thing that I kind of wish that they had done when, in regards to his mom's relationships are I, the first one is intense and it you can you know something's wrong for some reason. There's a bad feeling right, right from the yeah, for yeah. Sure. even before he, even when he seems like a sweetheart, there's something wrong. Yeah. Like and I, and I loved the course of that. Uh, it felt real and it felt legitimate and it could have been so after school special and it wasn't. Thank God. The second relationship, I feel like I would have, I wish that the 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 end of that relationship would have been different, because um, you kind of follow the same. He's drinking, he's angry, he's not at, he's not abusive. Yeah. I was hoping that I, from that one, I, I looking back, I wish they would have done something more along the lines of, like him and him and um, Mason, Mason really bonding. Yeah. And maybe having his mom end the relationship for another reason and yeah. just having Mason not understand why like he really I would have liked to, for him to have dug the guy a little bit you know what I mean like it That's, felt too yeah. easy to make the guy not a bad guy because you, you can tell he's under stress and he's really trying to keep the family afloat but I, I wanted to see a different fate of that relationship because I felt like we kind of saw the more it's, it's like that it's like the first relationship light yeah. you know so I wanted to see I would, it would have been interesting to see Mason's reaction to his mother calling out quits on the relationship or having the relationship fall apart 
for no apparent reason, having him have to deal with that a little bit. Like, yeah. like the feeling of, I thought this guy was going to be a big force in my life, and now he's just gone. That's, you know, because that, that would be tough for a kid, too. I mean, as many times as, as, as a, uh, a child of divorce could have to deal with a really crappy guy or, or, or woman getting involved in their parents' lives, one that they just don't like, I'm sure equal times, if not more, there's somebody that they really grow attached to that's just gone. And that's, that's got to be very tough. Um, maybe even harder to deal with than some jerk. So, <laughs> so I, I think that that would have been an avenue that I think I wish Linklater would have gone down that avenue because he had an opportunity to do it. Yeah. Given that we get a couple of, and it would have felt like less of a retread, and it would have a little bit, territory. a little bit. I, I can I can agree with that. I'm it's, not angry that he didn't do no. it, but I I I, wish, I think that's an avenue of, of the divorce angle that really would have been interesting to go down. And yeah. I think he had the time to do it. I think they could have done it. So that's 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 what I said about the retreading thing earlier. I think like that. That would have been cool. So. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I kind of disagree because I like the idea that she has a knack of going after the same yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, that's for sure. And that's, that's a very realistic <laughs> it is. idea. True. Yeah. It is. I, and yeah. I like that it didn't spend too much time with the second guy. Like I was like, okay, we're already, I could feel we're already pretty far into the movie at this point. Mm-hmm. He's either it's either going to work out great, but I kind of liked that it was just suddenly it was the next he was just gone. chapter and he was gone. And yeah. she made the line about like, all right, I've gotten rid of three husbands now, kind of thing. <laughs> and she's like, I'm done. Gonna get rid of the house. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a little apartment and, and whatever. The um, one of the most heartbreaking scenes though, for sure, was the mom's final scene. I mean, that yeah. was really raw. That was so intense. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, wow, this is. Uh, she's never had a life that was hers. This is something like clearly, like I mean, not really. Yeah, I mean, and that's what a lot of people. Feel like it in in their life, especially I mean, if you like end up having a kid earlier than you anticipated. Yep, your life changes pretty. I feel like for for a lot of women, that's probably the case. Sadly, because you yeah, especially even if you do end up getting divorced, and yeah, you do a wonderful job raising kids, and they turn out to be great people. But when they're off and they're doing their own lives, you what do you do? What you do you know? have to come back to? Exactly, and it's it's very. I mean, he he made a movie that I feel like adult men can watch adult women can watch and, and young you know people in our in our 20 to 30 age range can watch and everybody can get something out of it and 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 apply it to their own life mm-hmm. i think it's uh, it's it's a pretty pretty breathtaking achievement on the writing level considering i don't even know how it was written when it was written if it was written you yeah. know like what, what's going on it's uh it's just i think this is something that's going to be studied and talked about and dissected and and uh analyzed for years it deserves to be yeah oh yeah i can't wait to read it all too like yeah it's I'm, uh, I'm i'm dying for it already it's really uh my only wish is that kevin dunn had been cast as the photography teacher because i swear <laughs> to god that role was written for him yeah. <laughs> it was it was so that guy i just I was like god i just hear kevin dunn's voice and i That's see funny. i see him that's a funny thing to notice I just the whole damn time I was like, God, this guy just is. is you should sweet. be. You're cool, but you should be Kevin Dunn. <laughs> you should, you're good. You're good, but this should be Kevin Dunn. It would have been perfect to just give me, give me that little because like he was basically that guy in Warrior. Yeah. Like he he's so good at that role where he's like kind of a kind Tough of an authoritative love. dick at first, but then he ends up kind of backing down and being like, Listen, I'm not mad at you, but here's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, it just would have been good. But the guy, the guy who was in the scene, something about him I didn't I didn't like towards the end. I was kind of like, I, I can't get a read on this guy. Yeah. Is he like? Is he trying to be nice or is he trying like I could he didn't yeah, I don't know. Was, that was of that, all the big characters that jumped in, that one I was kinda like mm. That but that was one of my favorite scenes, it was really. A great scene. Like that just what are you doing with your life? Like mm-hmm. what are you trying to do here? I I found that very interesting. That one and then also um 
the scene in the bar with with Ethan Hawke and just kind of them talking about like the end of uh, Mason's relationship and where he's going from here. That was all. That was all very good too. Creepy glad, restaurant was owner was weird though, right? Who what? Creepy West restaurant owner. He was very strange. Like, oh god! He's just this party and he's got like a like a pink polo on. <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of like, is that your mom? <laughs> like, yeah. Who is that guy? He yeah. gives a toast. Well, we're all very proud of him. Uh, <laughs> it's so weird. He'll always have a job as a dishwasher boy or whatever. Yeah, it was really funny. It was very strange. Yeah, forgot all about that. It was funny. I listened to the slash. This is one of the few times because I didn't know if we were going to review this, so I listened to the slash filmcast episode when it came out, and David Chen just vehemently hated the fact that the like Mexican worker hated that had, scene, had his arc yeah he just hated that scene <laughs> why I because he he just felt that it felt so forced like it was just like oh hey look the mom encouraged this guy to go to school and he ended up going to school and look at how great that is like, I understand it, I understand that, that it just, it opinion felt on it kind of like what's the point of having this in here it, that that's one of the moment the rare moments in the movie that does feel a little bit like the more you know, you know, a little bit, but it's, but it might have been cooler to just have him be in the restaurant in the background, like clearly, like ordering like the, like the girl who was apparently in the classroom and ends up at college with him, like maybe something like that, maybe, I, maybe a little less. Like you saved my life. It didn't bother me. I thought it was funny how much David Chen and Jeff Jeff cannot give him a lot of crap and being like, oh, you just clearly hate whimsy and good things in life or something like that. that yeah, I mean, like, I think that I think the scene was really good. Uh, some of the dialogue may have been a little ham fisted, but uh, English is a second language. I mean, what's the guy gonna do? <laughs> he only has so many ways of expressing himself. But the. I, I liked it a lot for for the sake of Patricia Arquette's character, and I liked the kind of stupor it left her in. Yeah, because anybody who goes into education, I mean, that's their ultimate goal is mm-hmm. to know they change changed yeah. somebody's life. And the fact that it wasn't even someone in one of her classrooms, but just some guy some who she threw guy. kind of a somewhat condescending, offhanded comment to, like, "You should get educated. You can do something. You have potential." Like, <laughs> God, that would be annoying to hear from your mom all the time. But to yeah. to actually see somebody come back and and validate her in that way, I thought was a pretty pretty cool moment I can kind of say I can totally see how somebody would say it's cheesy but to like hate it I think that's a little extreme yeah Yeah. because I think that that kind of thing probably happens all the time you know I certainly if I run into one of my high school teachers that made a huge difference in my life I will by all means find them and say whoever they're with and be like this person was my and they absolutely changed the course of my life for the better and I you know I'm really grateful that I like that's one of the more realistic things that probably happened. Movie, <laughs> yeah, so. it's not that. I mean, Chill out, David. Chen. And there, there's just a weird situation. I think I think it's a little bit strange how it kind of plays out and how it's kind of displayed. But it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's out of the realm. Like it, it's not my opinion that it's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, geographically, they weren't that far from where they were before, yeah. so it's not no. that big of a stretch that he would be in the area and would be he'd see her and go, "Oh my gosh, that's the yeah. woman that." I think the act, the actor or the character uh, was so earnest that it might turn some people off. Like, okay, yeah. easy guy. Like, you're making this weird. But it, uh, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was a cool moment. Did I, I really, I really loved her reaction to it. She was very like, oh. And then she kind of like stared off into space like, wow, it actually happened. Like, it was, yeah. kind of, it was interesting. And the kids were just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> David Chen, if you'd like to come on and talk about Boyhood, which you probably don't because you didn't love it that much, then please come talk to us. You should come on and talk about something else, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. we got to try and get Tobolowsky and and Chen to visit and talk about the primary instinct. Yes. That needs to happen. When is it so doable for viewing? I don't know. He submitted it to Sundance not too long ago just to... Wow. Yeah, so... 
We'll see. We'll see. I hope we get to see it soon. As a backer, I think I'll probably have the ability to see it mm-hmm. sooner rather than later, but I don't know. I don't know. Steven's got to come back. If you're listening to this, <laughs> you need to go on Twitter and at Steven, or at Tobolowski, tell him he needs to come back on the Midwest Film News podcast because he said he would. Yes. And we'd like to have him back. On our 100th episode. That'd be beautiful. That our jamboree with everybody <laughs> who's ever been on, which yeah. includes him. We're going to have, it's, that's in nine, nine episodes, hopefully nine weeks. So, we'll see. Yes, Steven, come party with us. Yes. For episode 100. Come party. But on Skype. He said he's never been to Detroit, so. We should fly him Yeah, out. he almost was. That's because right. Because he was almost in that play. That's with, right. With, uh. Was it Holly Hunter? Ho- yeah, I think it was Holly Hunter. That was a cool story. That was a beautiful Listen story. Listen to our episode. Yeah. Um, that was the Raid 2 review. So. Man, what a great episode. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we we talked to Steven Dolowski and reviewed the Raid 2. And then the Raid 2. What a weird It might be the best episode that the podcast ever has. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> Raid 2. All right. Anyway, I think it's time to wrap up. Uh, as always, MidwestFilmNerds.com to find all of our previous episodes. Right, uh, check out the show notes if you want to skip through any spoilers and things like that. Um, at MFN Podcast, find us on Twitter and Instagram, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook. Uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com, write us some feedback or call in 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. I would like to review the one I love next week. We'll see if that actually happens. I mentioned it here, so be? the answer is that it's not going to happen because that's how it always works out. But, uh, <laughs> no, we'll see. We'll see how. I would like to talk about it at some point, and I don't think September's that crazy of a month for releases so we may have an opportunity even if it's not next week but check it out it's on amazon and uh and itunes you can rent it it's like a seven dollar hd rental you get it for 48 hours on amazon which is not always the case and uh i think it's a very cool movie but anyway i think that's about it thank you at mr john on twitter for our music and artwork and uh kyle xy go watch a movie professor bill wellbrock We'll be right back.